0: Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host Evan Webb. Each week I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, long time no talk to. <laughs> it's only been about 7 months, but we are back with an episode of Damsels in Detroit and this is episode 41 and To celebrate this coming back little ceremony, I felt like we should talk about health because we are in the midst of a pandemic still. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) And unfortunately, and I feel like conversations about health can never be, you know, we can never have too many of them. So I'm sitting here with Vanessa McKenzie. She is a registered nurse in Detroit, and she is also the curator of Your Lady Biz. So... As you guys know, I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get into our questions. Okay, so Vanessa McKenzie is a registered nurse and the curator of Your Lady Biz. In 2014, the Detroit native got her Bachelor of Science in Nursing from Michigan State University, and shortly after, she became a registered nurse in Detroit Receiving Hospital's emergency room. While there, Vanessa encountered many women who lacked basic knowledge about their bodies, which then opened her eyes to her true passion— Educating women about their bodies and helping to ensure that expectant mothers and their babies remain healthy during pregnancy and thereafter. Vanessa is currently studying to get her master's in nursing with a nurse midwife specialty, which will allow her to administer services such as gynecological diagnosis and treatment, prenatal care, and childbirth. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Blessed to be here. Girl, listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how have you been, I guess?
1: I've been okay. Um, I kind of got away for a while. Okay. I took a travel contract to, um, in Hawaii for okay. three months. So I oh, was nice. like away during the, midst of the, pandemic in yeah. Hawaii, where there's like barely any COVID at all. Okay. Um, so since I've been back, it's just been. Okay. Okay. I've still have I still haven't been like on the scene. Mm -hmm. Been to a couple restaurants, but other than that, I've been just trying to like stay afloat. Yeah. And you know, keep a positive mind Mm -hmm. and everything.
0: So you were still working while you were in Hawaii. Okay. Yes,
1: I took a travel contract as a labor and delivery nurse. So once you get experience, um, like at least two years experience Mm -hmm. in, in whatever field you're in. Um, you can start to travel. Okay. And the benefits of that are they pay a lot, and okay. you get to go see places. So yeah. I was in Hawaii for, like, the whole summer, basically.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm saying I wish, but, like, you still had to, I mean, it was, like, kind of fun, but you still had work to do. Yes, and, like, and
1: they're very strict there. So, okay. like, things were open, but it wasn't, like – the whole big like how it is here like there was no parties there was nothing but the beach was nice right so food and and the beach and different scenery Mm. was nice for three months
0: was that your first time taking a travel contract yes it was
1: my first time taking one um and it was an experience I will say that
0: (laughs) yeah okay well I'm glad you're here glad you have (laughs) fun glad you got to get away from this weird place yes well anyway, let's get into our questions because I have a lot and a couple people sent in some good ones. Good. So I'm excited. I love the question. Me too. <laughs> okay, so number one is what made you want to go into nursing? Um,
1: wow. When people ask me this question, I'm always like, I don't know. I never saw myself doing anything else. That's like such a cliche answer. So I mm-hmm. always hate saying that. Um, but my My nobody in my family is a nurse. Okay. Um, My mom is a medical assistant and my dad was like a truck driver. So I like have always helped people, but Mm -hmm. I never like knew where to go. So my mom was always like, You should just be a nurse. And I was like, "Hmm, Maybe you're right. (laughs) You know, moms are always right. So I just, just you (laughs) know, (laughs) so I ended up just going with it and Mm -hmm. ended up really loving it. I can't see myself doing anything else. Okay. So so, you've never
0: been, like, afraid of going to the doctor or, like, needles no. or anything don't bother you? No. Okay, I mean,
1: I hate getting my blood drawn still, and I draw people's blood, but I'm always like, do you want me to do it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, I've never, like, um, I don't know. I've just yeah. have always
0: been like, oh, okay, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's good that you kind of knew that early on, especially yeah. with something like nursing, because, but, like, once you get in that program and you see how yes. difficult it is. <laughs> um, one of my best friends she we were roommates all throughout college at Michigan State and so she was like I want to do nursing and was saying that for like years and I remember freshman year she was literally taking anatomy and literally like Mm -hmm. drawing on her stomach Mm -hmm. to try like Mm -hmm. do an in-person diagram so she could like pass this class it It was was, it was rough yeah Yeah. it was rough but the reward
1: was great so I am Mm -hmm. happy that I I did it yeah for sure I'm glad
0: too so after graduating from state, you started working as an RN in Detroit Receiving's mm-hmm. <clears throat> emergency realm. So what was that experience like for you?
1: Oh, man. It was a game changer. Yeah. I love receiving. Like, if I were to, some, God forbid, if something were to happen to me, mm-hmm. I'm always like, take me to receiving. Okay. Like, no matter where I'm at, mm-hmm. I'm always like, drive me to receiving and drop me off at the door. <laughs> because um, it's, it's a rough around the edges place. Like, yeah. it is... Um, not nice like I mean you know you go you walk in there and a lot of people think like aesthetics of a hospital mm-hmm. are what make a hospital but okay. it's really about the people that are in there yeah um the staff that I worked with the doctors that I work with they taught me so much they're so knowledgeable that I trust them with my life and okay. like with my loved one's life it was amazing um that's where I got all my experience. Okay. Um anytime I go for a job now, they're like, Oh, you worked at Detroit Receiving. I'm like, Yeah. They're like, Oh, okay, you're fine. Like, oh wow. You know.
0: So how long were you there?
1: Um, so I was there until about two thousand and eighteen. Okay. Um, I worked labor and delivery and ER simultaneously for a while. Okay. Before I finally left. Um but it is draining. Yeah. Um, especially because it's It's where all of your traumas go. So you see a lot of young people dying. Okay. And um, it was hard, like hard seeing young black men, black women just Mm -hmm. dying from just whatever, like reckless, crazy things, you know, people being set up, car accidents, all this stuff. So it got really heavy for me to a point where I was like, and drained. And sometimes, you know, just working so much, I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm too young to burn out.
0: Yes. So my other question was going to be, what were your hours like there? Because I know it's kind of like mm. good work in the daytime or you could work like an overnight. So what were what was your shift? I
1: was a night shift girl. Oh I'm still a night shift girl okay. at heart. I love night shift. Okay. Um, night shift is like, day shift is too... So day shift is uh, just for people who may not know. Day shift is seven a.m. to seven p.m. We work twelve hour oh, shifts. Okay. So midnight shift is seven p.m. to seven a.m. Um, it was rough when I first started staying up at night. I yeah. was like always sleepy by three three a.m. Mm-hmm. But my coworkers were always like, "Get up, get up, go get some <laughs> coffee." Like they're always like pushing me, and mm-hmm. so it just became like. A force of habit like yeah. I can stay up at I can stay up all night if I'm at work no problem but during the day now I'm mm-hmm. always like I'm so tired I'm yeah so tired
0: and then how did you <laughs> kind of decompress because like you just said you were seeing a lot of traumatic things a lot of people like around our age group that are suffering or dying so how did you manage to like not take all of that home with you and then if you did take it home with you what are some ways that you were trying to just like calm yourself
1: um I took a lot home with me all the time I'm not gonna lie as a nurse um you you know you always say I'm not gonna take this home with me I'm not but there's always some there are still patients that I'm always like that Thinking stories about. just come to mind or mm-hmm. they think about um but my co-workers were like the bomb okay. um shout out to them yeah they always like we would go Sad to say. but well, we would go drink after work. Like, we would go to Honest John's. I think you need to. At 8 in the morning. <laughs> and we would have a couple of drinks, eat some breakfast. And mm-hmm. we would just talk about it and go home and go to sleep. And yeah. that really helped me. Um, and because we were so close, that really helped all of us, I feel like. Just kind of, like, leave it at the door yeah, and talk about it. And then, yeah. Um, when I was outside of work or when we couldn't go out, mm-hmm. I just kind of, like, did self-care, right? Just yeah. did
0: nothing. Mm-hmm. I just would just watch TV and be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. The power of brunch. Yes. A mimosa will cure all of your pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, in your bio, it was mentioned that while working in the emergency room, you encountered a lot of women that didn't know a lot about their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, unfortunately, don't think that that's very uncommon. No. So, I wanted to talk to you about why you think that is especially like within our community, why do you think there's such a or what do you think are the biggest barriers or roadblocks for us to learn more about ourselves?
1: Oh, okay, I had this conversation with um a co worker of mine recently. Well, she's a, another midwife student, okay. Um, and because a lot of people don't, I, I exteriorly, I don't look black, right? A lot of people don't take me as a black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And having, like, a white mom and a black dad, a lot of people are like, oh, there's no way. Mm -hmm. So I had this conversation recently with a woman. She was a white woman. And she was just, like, basically saying the same thing, like, how she was so confused as to how um, a lot of, like, black women don't know a lot. And mm-hmm. I was like, if you want to take it there, I can give you the, <laughs> the background. Um, for me, I feel like it literally stems back to slavery. Yeah. I feel like from the beginning we were disadvantaged, especially as black women. Um, we're not given the tools to succeed, right? Right. We have to work four times harder, no matter what, just Mm -hmm. to be on the same level. So um, in explaining that to her, I'm like, you have to understand that your grandparents and your parents and great grandparents were given these tools to educate you on yourself, your body, everything else in the world. Whereas we were deprived of that. We were never given the tools to do that. So in saying now that, people are confused as to why black women don't know a lot about their body It's because who was going to teach them. Right. Um, and so it is sad that a lot of patients and a lot of women still don't know that you pee out of a different hole than you mm-hmm. have sex in or deliver right. a baby out of. Yeah. And that is the sad truth. So I feel like now um, that we are all like, we have so many educated black women. It mm-hmm. is beautiful to see the knowledge just has to pass on. Like, right. we have to educate ourselves and be comfortable educating ourselves because there's also this thing, like, where people feel like they can't talk about sex, right? It's right. this cliche, like, oh, my God, if I talk about my vagina, people are going to yeah. think, like, I'm a hoe. Right.
0: Like- First of all, <laughs> being a hoe is a social Contra is yes. not a real thing it's not a real thing
1: <laughs> and when people are uncomfortable talking about their vagina i'm like why who told you in yeah. your it had to be someone who in your life who told you like don't talk about that yeah
0: i definitely feel like it was a man <laughs> yeah that just told women like women how they should talk about their bodies For or this sure. is how your body works and it's like you really don't know anything and Have, so it's like a, a rumor almost like it nothing. just continues to trickle down, and then people have all of this misinformation. Yes. Um. But do you feel like you had a good foundation growing up of someone in your life, whether it was your mom or somebody teaching you um, just about your health and about your body? Um.
1: Honestly, it was my dad. Okay. <laughs> my dad was a very blunt person, mm-hmm. and he um, was very blunt about, like, sex. I okay. feel like my mom was very um, – timid when it came to that but my dad was always like listen Um, if you're gonna have sex, like this is all men want from you. Don't Mm -hmm. let them tell you otherwise. They don't have nothing. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, like all this stuff. And as I was growing up, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, like Like,
0: I get it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like um, I feel like I learned a lot by myself. Like I feel like most women did. Yeah, I don't think our mothers feel comfortable talking to us about sex or our vaginas or how our body works or anything like that. They just be like, oh, you got your period? Okay, cool. I got some pads in here. Yeah, (laughs) let me know if you need some help.
0: (laughs) Um, my mom. So I'm the only girl, I have two older brothers, and I feel like my family still, I'm the youngest cousin on my dad's side, right? I was the youngest cousin on my mom's side until one of my aunts had another baby, but like, I think they still look at me like, oh, little Evan, Mm -hmm. like, and it's like, no, I I have so many female cousins, none of them like sat me down and were just like, this is what you feel like you're about to do. This is what you should know. It's like everybody was afraid to talk to me about it. Um, And like you said, when you get your period, it's kind of like, all right, give you a little rub on the back and they're like, I hope you feel better. (laughs) But it's like, to me like right there's only so many times I can read that American Girl book like The Makings of You or whatever you and know? I had my mom gave me
1: a book I forgot what it was called but it was like a book where it showed you like the different stages of puberty I'm like yes okay that, I think
0: that's the same book yeah, it I'm was like that's cute everybody had that book right and it's <laughs> like but again is this geared towards like me or is this just a general like exactly I need more so I think exactly. that definitely um, I would have loved a little bit more support in those areas because okay. it's just like, dang, I can't. I mean, I learned a lot from friends, like listening to their stories when they were having sex and all of this stuff. And then when your time comes, you're like, all right, well, so-and-so said that it was like, th- <laughs> like <laughs> you need you're facts. And you're like, oh, my God, that right. was nothing like was what not so-and-so said right. it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's interesting that, you know we kind of had that same experience. It yeah. was just like, you got to kind of figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when I was like starting on birth control, I had like talked to my doctor about it myself and she was just like, okay, you know, I'll put you on it. And then my mom was like, oh, you know, I was going to talk to you about this. And I was like, I've been taking it for like a month now. <laughs> yeah, My mom put me on
1: birth control in like high school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't
0: even having sex. And
1: she was like, I'm putting you on birth control because I don't know what you're doing. And it was just like random. I'm yeah. like, okay, like I'm not having sex yet. And she was like, okay, but if you do, like I don't want you to get pregnant. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that like was it. And you- then that was the start of my birth control journey. Okay.
0: How long were you on it? I have been on birth control
1: since high school. Okay. Um, since like about ninth or 10th grade, my mom put me on birth
0: control and I've been on a whole bunch of different methods ever since. Okay. We're going to talk about that because I know that's people's favorite topic on Twitter (laughs) to talk about birth control (laughs) and to shame each other about the methods. Using birth control. (sighs) Mm Oh, we'll we'll get there. Um, so you started your lady biz about a year ago. Um, just to use as a resource for women to learn more about themselves and sexual health, reproductive health, and all of that. So can you talk more about it, like what you're offering to people at the moment and maybe some things that you want to do with it down the line?
1: Oh, my God. I want to do so much with it. I feel like – so I started this whole journey because – like I said, when I was in the ER, there were so many women coming for, like, pregnancy tests, STD tests, or just, like, general checkups. Like, they were coming to the hospital for these things. Okay. And I'm, like, confused. I'm, like, you don't have a OBGYN or, mm-hmm. like, a midwife that you see? And they're looking at me crazy. Um, and then I went to Henry Ford, and I started being a labor and delivery nurse there. And um, absolutely loved it. Okay. But same thing. Like, same thing, women are literally there to give birth and have no idea Mm -hmm. what's going on, like, how this works, anything. So I was like, I have to do something. Like, what's the point in me having education if I'm not going to give it back to the women in my community? Mm -hmm. So I started Your Lady Biz, and what I have been doing, slacking, um, is um, I blog. So I have a couple of blogs on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, and I usually do, um, some tips. So I'll do like a mommy Monday where I focus on pregnant women, mm-hmm. uh, women only Wednesday where I giving you tips, like just about women. And then freaky Friday is, um, sex tips and mm-hmm. everybody loves the sex tips. Okay. But you know, <laughs> the other
0: tips I'm like, hello, are right. you guys seeing these ones? These, these are too. important too. Yeah. Um, cause if you keep doing freaky Friday, you're going to need to know. Okay. The tips from mommy Monday. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I've done.
1: A launch event, mm-hmm. and I had one event before COVID happened, thank okay. the Lord. It yeah. was a uh, women in, Women's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, what we did was we talked about advocating for yourself in the healthcare field. Okay. So we talked about how to do advanced directives, um, how to go up the chain of command if you're in the hospital and you don't feel like you're getting, you're being heard. Okay. Who to go to next, how do you advocate, mm-hmm. how to tell your family members um, to talk about advanced directives, right? People don't like to talk about dying because they feel like they're never going to die. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about that, especially with women dying at such high rates. Detroit has the highest maternal mortality rate mm-hmm. in the nation. I will say that over and over yeah. and over again as many times as I can. Um, higher than our, and just in Detroit, is the highest in the nation, just yeah. our city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing for me. What I want to do um. I want to put on event after event after event. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I do want to try to do something in October for um, it is um, perinatal loss and infant loss month. And I feel like that's not talked about a lot in our community as well. Women losing um, children or their infants or whether they're carrying their baby and they've lost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to try to figure out how to do something that um, is virtual or I don't know. I hate virtual events, too. So.
0: Jesus. I can zoom is just now. I know. It. I'm like, zoom the Instagram live, and I'm yeah. like, oh,
1: I don't want to do that either. So yeah. I've been trying to figure out how to do it, um, but I also have been working on a product for Your Lady Biz, okay. um, and it is a tea product. Mm-hmm. I won't say too much, okay. but it is going to help the ladies with their PMS symptoms. Okay. So that's kind of what I've been working on, some herbal supplements behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And want to do more um way more events and blog a lot more but school is kicking my butt
0: yeah (laughs) blogging also because I blog too is it's a commitment and when you're trying to do when you work full-time when you go to school full-time it's definitely an afterthought it's just like I know I need to do this but that's gonna take me hours if I you know if you need to find images if you need to like I don't know how long your blog posts typically are but some people write like essays I know. Basically. so it I just know. it takes a lot of time yes. so give yourself some grace I'm that, trying
1: everyone's like give yourself grace I'm like grace <laughs> I've done almost had a year of grace <laughs> but it has been um a lot of my blogs take research yeah. like I research everything before mm-hmm. you know I use my own knowledge like my my knowledge from my books so it's um, very time consuming yeah. when I do a blog because I want to make sure I'm giving you guys correct information. Right. I exactly. want to give you guys crazy stuff.
0: Which we appreciate. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would be upset at you for taking, you know, time to, like, curate these blog posts because, like you said, you're doing research. You want to make sure it's right. Now, yeah. if you were just writing anything.
1: Okay. Opinion pieces.
0: Right. <laughs> eds. <laughs> <No. laughs> Um, so I'm glad you mentioned menstrual cycles because that was my next question. So do you have any tips that can help people have healthy menstruals? So maybe like help with cramps or um, other random PMS symptoms. I know people get like really bad headaches or for me, like, I don't know if you experience this. I feel like a lot of people don't, but my legs get numb. Really? Yes, I know. <laughs> That's really weird. It's like a really weird, like, tingling feeling in my legs, like, a week before.
1: So, um, I've never heard of that. That's okay. a new PMS yeah. symptom. Um, you may need to get that checked out. Okay. Okay. side <laughs> <laughs> Well, I talked to,
0: like, some, some of my aunts, and they're like, yeah, that happens to me, or it used to happen to me, okay. too. And I was like, okay, because I really thought something was wrong with me. Is it associated with
1: to... your pain? Like, are you in pain and your legs kind of get...
0: It doesn't hurt. It just feels mm. weird. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. almost like a tired feeling. Like I would just like to lay down. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Okay, um, don't freak me. Out. I'm a hypochondriac. I'll get on. Oh, please Web don't. don't. Right <laughs> now <and be> like, <laughs> I only have two weeks left, guys. <laughs> Yes.
1: Okay. So, um, wow. PMS, like menstrual cycle to me, I'm just thinking about all the, the tests I just took, like, Oh my God, I can explain this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is a lot of women experience pain with their period. Mm-hmm. That's just a normal thing, right? Yes. You experience these PMS symptoms, these bloating, um, all of this. My biggest tip, um, for periods is evening primrose oil. Okay. Um, I have had friends, um, and even colleagues who have took it with, um during their periods. So you take it during your period and it significantly you're not gonna see it like instantly, right? Okay. But when you start to take it with your periods, you'll see that your periods become shorter. Okay. Um and they're they're less painful. Mm. Um, another thing that I always suggest <laughs> is get rid of the Midol and okay. the Motrin and take a leave. A leave is like the best for um what we call like a prostaglandin inhibitor so Mm -hmm. it basically will take all that swelling and that pain and Aleve like does the job for real a lot of people are always like oh I like my doll and Motrin and um I'm like yeah that's cute get some Aleve (laughs) (laughs) and use it like you're an old person like Aleve is is the bomb okay um there's so many other supplements
0: yeah I'm the one that just suffers in silence like I don't take anything I used to but then I'm just like I don't know. I just, I, I don't even like swallowing pills like that. So I just sit there. So
1: evening primrose oil, you can get in a tablet form at okay. like, I mean, a um, a capsule form at Whole Foods. Okay. Or you can order the actual oil from like Etsy sellers <laughs> or anywhere online. And you can literally um, put it in whatever. Okay. Um, like water, you know, tea. Yep. Uh, it may not taste so great in water because it is oil. Okay. But the tea, it hint, hint. It would work. Um, it works well in, like, hot liquid. So, tea, you could try it in coffee. It's flavorless, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really have anything. Um, but people who don't like to take it, that works really well. Okay. Um, there's some other, like, chase tea berry works very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Like, dandelion root. There's a lot of stuff, like yeah. herbal stuff, that for people who don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is a lot of women will say, like, they have... Horrible periods, right? They're like, I have such horrible periods, such horrible bleeding. Um, Mm Mirena. Okay. Mirena. The IUD Mirena is like proven FDA approved. I know it has hormones and people, Mm -hmm. some people don't like to take hormones, but it has been proven to help with painful periods and heavy menstrual bleeding.
0: That one is where you won't have a period anymore. Yes, okay. and it is
1: totally natural to not have a period. Just an FYI to okay. all the um, Twitter people: it's not yes. natural to have a not have a period. <laughs> There's nothing that says you have to have a period. There's yeah. nothing that's like written in stone like women must have periods mm-hmm. every month. Um, and
0: for, if you're gonna complain about it every month, it's like why okay. wouldn't you want to get the option Hello. that makes you. I have one, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that IUDs have been around for a really long time. So it long. Seem, why does it seem like they're new? Like it seems like within the past 10 years, I feel they've like they've been
1: coming out with new ones. Okay. So, um, the Mirena has been around for a while, but I think people were just like, "Oh, something like mm-hmm. in there permanently. Um, no, mm-hmm. um, the Paragard, which is non-hormonal, um, and it's a copper IUD. Yeah. That one lasts for 10 years. Okay. Um, Excuse me, the Skyla and the, oh, there's another one. There's a Skyla and the Kylina. Those are new. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Skyla lasts for three years and mm-hmm. the Kylina lasts for five years. Okay. Um.
0: So I was like talking to my OB, it's like maybe a year or two ago, because I was like, I don't want to take birth control anymore. I mm-hmm. want like a natural whatever. And I was looking up different methods and I was like, well, I'm definitely not doing the one where you have to like test your vaginal mucus and like, whatever like isn't it like a thermometer or something you need to use if you don't want to use like hormones yeah
1: yes so there is non-hormonal methods to birth control yes. and those are all your spermicides. so all of your like oh like diaphragms mm-hmm. and you know obviously condoms there's all this stuff um but there's also like two ways you can track your own times mm-hmm. to for birth control right so there's like a calendar method right so there's a method where what you can do is you can to make a diary of your periods for yeah. like eight to 12 months and then take your longest cycle. So however long it took you for your longest. So periods can be variable, right? Any right. 24 to like 30, 36, sometimes 40 days. So you take your longest cycle mm-hmm. and you subtract that by which one is this? it by. 11 okay and then you take your shortest cycle and you subtract that by 18 so then say you get two days right and you're like oh those numbers I can't have sex between nine my ninth day and my 19th day okay those are your most fertile days right there's another method where um like you said you can test your mucus like if you ovulate mm-hmm. you'll have this thin like stretchy mucus mm-hmm. um it's called spin bark it and and that tells you that you're Like, hey, girl, you're hot and ready, and do yeah. not have sex. <laughs> like, I say, I always say, it's always like three to five, but I say don't have sex for a week because okay. those are your most like fertile days. Yeah, um, there's like so many different. I know, methods.
0: but I just was like, when I started looking up that, I was like, I'm not responsible enough mm-hmm. to keep track of this, so I'm just going to stay on the pill because I when I was um asking about the copper IUD. Um, she was just like, you know, you could have heavier bleeding Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I was like, that doesn't sound very appealing to me at all. So let me just stick to what I know. Yes, And it's huge. The carperity is huge. Is it? She didn't... Once she said heavy bleeding, I was like, "We don't have to talk about this because yeah, it has no hormones
1: to regulate your bleeding, right? Sometimes you need a little bit, of, a little bit of hormones mm-hmm. to regulate that bleeding, and um, a lot of women don't realize that and they suffer. And there's nothing wrong with extra hormones. Yeah. Sometimes your body needs it to kind of regulate, mm-hmm. or sometimes that will be the cure to help you to not die yeah. every month."
0: Yeah. Now, do you suggest maybe certain people try certain ones? Like maybe if you're, I don't know, in your 30s, did you, you know, take one method over the other? is it really just a case-by-case?
1: It is really a case-by-case what you want and what Mm -hmm. works for you method. Um, Because a lot of women, like, oh, I don't want to think about it. Or I, you know, want to be able to, like some people like the pill because they like to have periods. Or some women are like, you know, I just want something there. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I have a lot going on and I don't want to keep track of whether I had a period or not. So give me something. Mm-hmm. It's really like a case by case. And also like, what are your symptoms? Right? right. So if you're having that heavy bleeding, we're going to be like, well, you know, Morena works really well. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, I want an IUD and you never had a baby, you can have. You know, you have multiple options. Like there's smaller IUDs for women who haven't had babies yet, okay. and um, just as effective. And some IUDs will still give you a period. Mm-hmm. They have some where the hormones are so low that okay. they still give you that period. So we'll <clears throat> give you that natural feeling of having a period and nothing's there, but you are still protected. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you mentioned that you switched different methods over the course of time that you've been taking it. So what was, like, the first one you started with? Or if you want to talk about your birth control journey, um, like, what you tried, what you liked about certain ones, what you didn't like, um, and kind of, like, where you are now.
1: I have tried every method besides the NuvaRing, but I am going to try that one next.
0: (laughs) Um, I forget about that one.
1: Yes. It is. um, So I started with the Depo shots. Mm -hmm. Um those are shots you get every three months. Yeah. And those were the ones I didn't have any control over because my mom was making me get them. Oh, okay. Um and I hated them because they make me they made me gain all of my weight. I've Um, heard them. Yes. They make you gain a lot of weight. Um that's a a known side effect. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of women complain about how they don't like gaining weight. Um college, I've tried the pill. Mm -hmm. I've tried the pill after college. I hate the pill.
0: I am forgetful with it. I'm not going to lie.
1: And you know, if you don't take it within a 30-minute window, oh, really an hour window. Oh, 30 minutes? So we tell patients, make sure you take your pill every day at the same time or a 30-minute window. If It's really an hour window, but if you take it after an hour window, I mean. It's, like, ineffective? Wow. It's not as effective. That's why it's, like, get
0: my shit together. these have to
1: be, like, you really got to be on it, Okay. <laughs>
0: I didn't know it was thirty minutes. It's 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 an
1: hour, but we tell patients thirty minutes because you say thirty minutes and then an hour later they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. But it's still like if oh, you go three hours without and you're like, Oh crap, I forgot to take it and it's three hours later, you better use a condom.
0: I feel very irresponsible.
1: It's okay. Everybody does. That's why I don't <laughs> recommend people get pills unless you're like super responsible and you or 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 you oh, take God. pills every day normally outside of birth control, right? Because if you take another pill every day, you're gonna remember it. But birth control is not for It's not for millennials. I mean, pills are not for millennials.
0: Maybe I should. Okay. That's my opinion.
1: Don't get mad at millennials if you take it and you're okay with it. I'm listening to
0: you because you went to school for this. (laughs) You know what you're talking (laughs) about. Meanwhile, I'm like, it's literally like I'll be doing something. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I should go take (laughs) it.
1: And and I mean, that's normal because you hear an alarm. You turn, you're like, oh, my God, shut up. Mm -hmm. And then you're like,
0: oh, it's it's been an Three
1: hours, yeah. four hours.
0: Well, <laughs> I used to have an alarm and then it used to irritate me. So I turned it off and then it's, yeah, for a while I haven't had an alarm on my phone. I just mm-hmm. been waking up and then I'll do something and then I'm like, okay, I feel ready to take <laughs> it now. But it's never the same time every day. So I need to do better yes. or switch.
1: Or switch, right. Yeah. So the next one I had was the next on which is the, it's like a little thin, flexible, like rod. It goes mm-hmm. in your arm. And you have it for three years. Um, I didn't really have that many complaints on it. Okay. Um, I got mine taken out after three years. Mm-hmm. It was fine. And um, I have heard women complain about it, making them really, really, like I had a friend who had it, and she was like, it made me a psychopath. I'm like, well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you kind of already crazy. <laughs> but no, some women say it makes, them, um, makes their PMS or like their moods. A lot worse. Okay. So that's like something that um, we watch out for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I've had the Marina IUD. Um, I've had. I, I liked the Marina. It was okay, but mm-hmm. I wish that I I didn't have. I don't experience super heavy bleeding. Okay, and no one explained to me that the different sizes of the IUDs. Okay. so um, because I wasn't going to get an IUD for heavy bleeding, Mm -hmm. I really had more options. And no one explained to me that I could get a smaller IUD because I've never had children before. And um, it just it just caused me a lot of um, discomfort. Like I always felt it when I had sex Um, and women who I know who have it, they're like, oh, I never feel it. But they've also some of them have had kids or um, some of their, you know, uterus are just larger which mm-hmm. is normal but i was like oh my god this thing is horrible okay and um it ended up becoming a little dislodged so i took it out and um yeah went i was like i'm gonna try the new now mm-hmm. because this is like um easy mm-hmm. as long as you're okay with touching yourself right you have to be okay comfortable with touching your vagina mm-hmm. putting it in leave it up there for three weeks take it okay. out have a period and then
0: I couldn't remember if it was two weeks or longer than that. Mm -hmm. three
1: weeks and then you know the abstinence thing you can always try abstinence guys and
0: um condoms yeah those are still readily available condoms (laughs) y'all let me set an alarm on my phone (laughs) (laughs) please do (laughs) I am shook off that I'm still sitting here thinking like you took it today at Yes. Six. And
1: Six. and don't take a whole bunch at one time. Like, you know, some girls will be like, oh, I, I missed three days. I'm gonna take three. That is like a form of emergency contraception. That's Please like a stop yelling at me. <laughs> that's like a form of you basically being like, yeah, OK, I'm just going to um take it's, it's like. Um, of what we would give patients If they want emergency contraception mm-hmm. And they can't get a plan B Take a whole bunch of birth control at once
0: So I did that one time It really wasn't that long ago I'm not going to say how long ago it was But and it you wasn't that felt long sick, ago didn't you? I felt horrible mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. felt insane <laughs> I was like what is going on And I was like well you did just take three pills at one time yes. And you should not have done that So yes. thank you mm-hmm. for reading me I will do better moving forward <laughs> Did you feel the one in your arm? Like, can you feel it or no?
1: I didn't. However, the person who put it in put it in a little bit too deep. So when I okay. went to go get it out, I have, like, three tiny little scars on the inside of my arm from them trying to get it out. Mm-hmm. But really, um, in, you, you get your arm numbed. That's the worst part, okay. the burning. Um, but that lasts for a couple of seconds. And then they literally put it in. You get, like, two stitches on it. And then... Um, I think I'm pretty sure that I got the stitches taken out. Mm-hmm. Just cut them out like a week later or if they were the dissolvable ones. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Okay. And um that's it. You can't you can feel it yourself, like if you were to feel the edges of it. Cause mm-hmm. you still want to be able to feel like the borders of it. Okay. Um,
0: but that's it. Nothing okay. else. All righty. Thank you. <laughs> You're Well, do you have any advice, I guess, too, for people, maybe they're wanting to have kids, but they're currently on birth control. Should you kind of start, when should you start weaning yourself off or, you know, with certain methods, is there kind of a waiting period where it's like, okay, you just had an IUD, like Mm -hmm. you might not be able to start trying immediately?
1: So, um... I also tried the patch. I forgot to tell you that. Okay. And the patch, I want to say women, it works great. But for women over 198 pounds, it is not as effective. And I was 198 and I was looking at my OB like, girl, excuse me. <laughs> did you not? Did you Did you forget to look at my chart before you gave it to me? Um, but so fertility wise. The IUD, as soon as you take it out, you mm-hmm. are immediately fertile. A lot okay. of people are always like, Oh my God, you know, I'm scared to get an IUD because it's gonna take so long for me to get pregnant. You can literally go home and have sex and maybe pregnant that same day. Mm-hmm. Like, um IUD fertility or um time to fertility, mm-hmm. it can is immediate. Um, birth control pills uh are one to three months. Okay. Um This is crazy. I just had a test on this. This is funny. Um, (laughs) The patch is one week to a month. So you can stop taking the patch. You can get pregnant between one week and a month. Um, What's left? Depot is nine months. So depot is the one that takes the longest for people to um, who are trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, That takes nine months and everything else is between one to three months besides the IUD is immediately. So they will tell you when they take it out, like, please, 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 if you are not trying to get pregnant. Relax. Relax. <laughs> use the condoms. Okay. So, um, that's a lot of people's fear, right? They're mm-hmm. like or a lot of people blame birth control on their infertility. Right. And I just don't believe that. Yeah. With um the knowledge that I have, mm-hmm. um, mainly I blame men men for infertility.
0: Yeah. Which is thank you for saying that. <laughs> because I definitely feel like when a woman is struggling it's always like, Oh, it's my fault or Mm-mm. I did something wrong but it's like, No, no. Darnell needs to go to the doctor. He needs to go <laughs> all that all that
1: um Hennessy girl yeah. and all those all that um Listen. weed. Listen. It's taking a toll on him. The sperm is slow, okay? <laughs> you need to get it checked out. <laughs> and that's ma- mainly when women are, are labeled as infertile. Mm-hmm. It's because of the man. Like yeah. 50 to 60% of the time, it's because they're like, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need anything. And then they go get their sperm checked, and it's like... Um,
0: I don't even want to talk about black men and doctors. Because yeah, well, what is you know. the relationship? It's not there. <laughs> it's not there. Like, they just refuse... Go mm-hmm. like sir, you are dying yes. I think you need to come to the doctor yes, <laughs> yes. <sighs> anyway um so sexual health is extremely important but as we mentioned earlier it still seems like people are afraid to talk about it they don't want to be labeled a certain way or maybe just still feel shy so do you have maybe three basic but very important tips that you would like to share for people um to maintain good sexual health
1: Uh, My first tip is make sure that it is um, consensual Mm -hmm. and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. Um, A sexual experience is, if it's not pleasurable and if it's not consensual, then you don't need to be having it um, to please anybody else besides yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, My next one is please go get tested. Yeah, Um, Testing yourself, even if you've had a monogamous partner for a long time, is still important because... Although you may trust your partner and you're not doing anything, mm-hmm. you never know. And right. um, it's really important for you to get tested to maintain your own health. Um, My third tip is to stop being, this is hard to say, right? Stop being afraid to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Sexual health is so important that um, a lot of women wait until their symptoms are so bad. Yeah. Because they're afraid that... We're going to do something to harm them even more. Mm -hmm. And I want women to feel more comfortable going to the doctor because that's important. It's important for you to feel comfortable, obviously. Right. Like I want you to feel comfortable, but it's super important for you to go to
0: the doctor. Yeah. Like this is this is big. Yeah. I definitely was one that hated the doctor. I still don't enjoy going, but I realize now at my big age that, like, it is important to go. But before, like, when I first got my very first pap smear, I thought, I was like, this is the end for me. Like, (laughs) this is the worst thing I've ever, and it really wasn't that bad, right? But you already, I mean, I already had this feeling about going to the doctor's office anyway, and I'm like, now you're sticking this cold thing up my body. Like, I feel awful. But now I'm just like, it's a very routine thing. It Mm -hmm. takes like two seconds, but. Literally, that's all it takes, two seconds. Yeah. I know someone that didn't get her first pap until maybe like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? I want to say it's not recommended to get pap smears until you're 21. Really? Yes. Um, it used to be a while ago, like 18 or so. Yeah. And um, a lot of women, when you, so the point of getting a pap smear, right, I don't know if some women still have not gone, you need to go, mm-hmm. um, but it's to test you for cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we test for STDs while we're there. We mm-hmm. can just look at your cervix and see if we see anything. Um, we do a bimanual exam too, where we put two fingers inside and mm-hmm. we, you know, just try and see if you got any tenderness there or if we can feel your ovaries. And we're like, hmm, those are kind of big. We, yeah. we need to send you for an ultrasound. um But also HPV, a lot of a lot of women have that, yes, and they get that, and. Yep. Um, the funny thing is no one told me but until recently but it it goes most of the time it goes away by itself yeah
0: i had an experience uh maybe like two years ago and of course again here i am on google like what is going on yes. like we don't i mean you hear you get the shots I was like for i'm it, dying it. right <laughs> that's not. i'm just like child like no i should have just became a nun but like no you you hear about it you get the shots for it but you're like Is this really going to happen to me? It's that whole, like, invincible thing. Like, you you hear about all of these illnesses or whatever, Mm -hmm. sicknesses and things, and you feel like you're exempt. But you're not. Um, So I had a situation, and then I had to get a colposcopy, and that Mm -hmm. was not... Yeah,
1: I had one, too. Yeah. And you know what? They're not recommended anymore. Really? Okay. Yeah, I had one. I had my first pap smear, and they were like, oh, you have the HPV strain that causes mm-hmm. cervical cancer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying. right yeah. my obituary. My right. mom's like, girl, shut up. <laughs> use this picture, please. Right. I'm like, please <laughs> use this picture. Do not put embarrassing pictures of me in there. And um, I got a colposcopy. And mm-hmm. recently, in my midwifery studies, studies, it is not recommended that we do colposcopies on women if they come back for the HPV strain, okay. um, it is recommended that we follow up with them. Okay. And that's at provider discretion. Some providers like to, you to come back every six months mm-hmm. or be like, hey, girl, I'll see you in a year. You yeah. also don't have to get your pap smears every year anymore. <clears throat> okay. It's every three years. Wow. Yeah. So you can that take a break. Like so you know? Okay. You can take a load off and be like, oh, Every time I go, she's going to ask me, do I need a pap? Yeah. i going to be scared, right? Mm-hmm. You know
0: how that girl, she's like, it's my, my pussy is not pap ready. So <laughs> don't
1: worry, girls. Only every alone. three years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, so you don't get the colposcopy anymore. So what if, or I guess your doctor decides.
1: Your doctor decides, okay. right. So if you um, if you are first time getting your, your pap smear, right, you're 21,
0: they're mm-hmm. not going to do a colposcopy
1: on you. Okay.
0: If, now, what if it's not your first one? And, and, you, it come, and it comes back and you have the HPV strain.
1: It's up to the provider's okay. discretion. So if they want to do a colposcopy, they can. Okay. Especially because we're older. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we're older, obviously, we're at higher risk for right. actually having the cervical cancer. Um, but say you you go back in six months and it's still there, they're definitely going to do a colposcopy okay. on you. And they're going to be like, yeah, we thought it would go away.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, or if you come back in a year and it's still there, they're going to want to do a colposcopy, which mm-hmm. is basically a small biopsy. Yeah. To see.
0: Yeah. It was it was just painful. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Yes, it was painful. It was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, You're gonna spot for a week or whatever. Like, don't I'm sorry. Like, don't have sex or don't and I'm just like, What did y'all mm-hmm. just do? Like, yeah <laughs> Nobody yeah. was talking me through this. It was yes. just kinda like, All right, lay down. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Um and now I would like to talk to you about fibroids because okay. I feel like that is also something that's very common that affects us. Mm-hmm. Um so can you maybe talk about like where they stem from um and if you know like why they're so prevalent in the black community.
1: Oh, if I knew where fibroids stem from, girl, I'd be rich. We would have a cure. <laughs> um fibroids there's a lot of diseases that African-Americans only are predisposed to. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll see it, like, only prevalent African-Americans, only African-American men can get this, or just even, like, certain blood, sickle cell, only black people can get sickle cell. Like, fibroids is a thing where if a white person has one, I'm like, shook. Are you you sure your great-grandpa isn't black? Like, because I'm always shook that um, if I see, like, a a white woman with fibroids. Mm -hmm. um, Fibroids are okay it's okay to have fibroids sometimes as long as they're not causing you pain mm-hmm. um we don't know why african-american women are predisposed to fibroids okay. but some fibroids can be so big that you have to get them removed yeah and um a lot of women are kind of it's kind of like abrupt right you go mm-hmm. to the doctor you're like oh, i'm have been having this abdominal pain or feeling like fullness okay. like i'm always feeling like full and bloated mm-hmm. even when i'm not on my period um and they go and they're like oh yeah by the way you have like Large fibroids, and they're okay. Um, you can still give birth with fibroids. Like, if you have a fibroid okay. in there, you can still have a baby. You mm-hmm. can still carry the baby to full term. And um, usually they leave them alone. If okay. they're not causing the patient any, like, harm or they're not too big, then they will leave them be. Because okay. sometimes they get they get um, blood flow, mm-hmm. and when you get blood flow to something, you can't always remove it. Yeah. So it just depends on, on how, like, vascular
0: it is, too. Okay. But unfortunately it's it's sad. Yeah. Okay, this is my last question before listener questions. Um but can you recommend any daily vitamins that women in their twenties should start taking? Um prenatal vitamins. Okay, that sounds so weird. Even um, if you're not
1: like, even ready. if you're not ready to get pregnant, if you don't want to be pregnant, mm-hmm. if you're like, girl, I don't even want to have a baby, um, prenatal vitamins have everything that you need, and they have a lot of folic acid in them, which women definitely need folic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have literally, it's like a women's everyday, but okay. you, but the prenatal vitamins have more of what you need. Because they help they help you with your hair, your mm-hmm. skin, your nails, they help you with the energy. I suggest um B twelve all the time to people just to take you can take them however. Some mm-hmm. people are fancy and they get the shots and that's okay. <laughs> um vitamin C, mm-hmm. um, to take. I like turmeric. I like to take turmeric, but you can you can drink turmeric tea too yeah. and ginger. Um <clears throat> But Mike, if if you can see if you can just have one, like if you're like, what is one vitamin? I don't want to take all those vanessa. What can I take? A prenatal vitamin. Go get okay. a prenatal vitamin and um take the label off if it makes you feel better. So you don't feel like you're trying to get <laughs> pregnant.
0: <laughs> and take one every day. Okay. And those are really good for you. Okay. Good to know. Okay, so now we have some listener questions. Um, so my best friend Amara, she just got married. Yay, congratulations, congratulations girl. girl. She says and this question made me excited. But what are some things a woman can do or start thinking about to prepare themselves and their bodies for getting pregnant? Okay. Um, oh, girl, that's I a big know. step. It's <laughs> a big step. I'm like, you just got married a week ago, but I'm ready to be an auntie again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, pre vitamins, like
1: I said. So um, if you're thinking about getting pregnant. If you're already taking them and you're like, you know what, I want to get pregnant, those are perfect. So we mm-hmm. recommend if any woman is trying to get pregnant to take the pre vitamins as well, because like I said, the folic acid in it, that will help with the baby's um, like not having a neural tube defect. So like spinal bifida, okay. um, brain development. Um, if you have never, ever in your life with your partner had any type of like pregnancy scare, I would recommend that you both go get um, checked out. Like I said, usually it's not the woman, right? Mm -hmm. Mainly the man, like take him somewhere and make sure that his sperm is good because the last thing you want is to cause like, um, like havoc in your relationship. And it's a simple fix as far as them being like um, his sperm is not that motile. He needs to exercise more and drink more water. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Instead of the woman blaming herself. Right. Um, if you're not on birth control, you can take your temperature every single day before you get out of bed. Literally when you open your eyes, take your temperature. And, um, when your temperature is 0.4 degrees above your normal body temp, Mm -hmm. then that's like when you're fertile and you can have sex and conceive. Oh my gosh. Um, so if you're like not on birth control, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously if she's on birth control, stopping the birth control. And then uh, my biggest advice is not thinking too much. Like, as I said, like mm-hmm. take your temperature every day, but um, not thinking too much about it, right? Mm-hmm. have fun. yeah, try new sex positions, new sex toys, dress up in some lingerie like mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take much. men don't right. take much to get aroused. so <laughs> all you need is some you know something that makes you feel sexy and feel good and just like leave the rest you know if you start to have issues, um, you always want to seek help, but yeah, have fun with it.
0: Let me know when you're ready for me to babysit, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, anonymous says, is it healthy to use a Yoni wash such as Summer's Eve Honeypot or etc
1: Um, I haven't. I've heard good things about the Honeypot. I have, I have not tried it myself. Neither. And, um... When I saw on the label that it said that the ancestors came to her, I'm like, this seems legit to me.
0: This is what I need to use.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I I have heard good things about it. I have wanted to try it. I do not recommend Summer's Eve or any of the other washes because they do throw off your pH balance. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of women get BV all the time. Yeah. um, Because of a thrown-off pH balance. And that can be from detergents. It can be from a new sexual partner. Mm -hmm. It can be from the soap you use. It literally can be from anything. Yeah. but summer's eve, like, don't even touch it with a, a ten foot pole. Yeah, I would not. That um, is not what the
0: ancestors. Yes, want they
1: not. Us. They did not want that for us. Um, I have heard of people doing like yoni steams. Yeah, those are okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just steaming
0: your vagina. Mm-hmm. If that's what
1: you want to do, that's okay.
0: I never knew if they actually like did anything or not.
1: I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to try one mm-hmm. and see how it was. Um, but. I cannot say bad things about the honeypot because I have not heard bad things. Yeah. So I am going based off of women not saying I get raging like BV from using mm-hmm. it. Um, Summer's Eve is just not good because it takes all of the acidity out of your vagina. Your vagina is very acidic. It's yeah. not supposed to smell like a flower. Right. It's not <laughs> supposed to taste like a flower. Yeah. It is acidic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. To kill bacteria
0: when it enters. Mm-hmm. So no Summer's Eve, but honeypot. Try it and let us know. Yes. <laughs> XOX Olivia from Instagram says, is PCOS more common in black women? She was diagnosed years ago, and her mother also had it. Um, PCOS is like a,
1: I wouldn't say it's more common in black women. I would say it's common. Okay. Um. I guess you could say it's more common in black women. If you think about, well, as I think about PCOS, I'm thinking about women who are predisposed to diabetes, which mm-hmm. is the black community, right? We we have higher incidences of um, diabetes, heart disease. Um, PCOS can be caused from so many different things, mm-hmm. like from your thyroid being off to um, having diabetes to obesity. Um, it can be a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say... Um, that it's, like, a genetically predisposed thing. Like, just because her mom had it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that she had to have it. Okay. Um. It could just be, you know, things that she has that she's predisposed to that she doesn't know about either. Okay. So... Like, if she has prediabetes and she didn't know about it. Or maybe she is, um, I hate using the term, oh, if she's a little bit thick, okay, yeah. that is... I hate that
0: term, too, because it's so I harsh. It. It's I mean, so harsh. And obese,
1: <laughs> I mean, when you look at the BMI scale, it's not geared towards women of color at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. if I'm my BMI is severely obese, according mm-hmm. to BMI scale. So, right. I'm like, whatever. Um, But it's not genetically predisposed, but it is very common. It is a very common thing, and a lot of women... um. Don't know they have it until they're like, oh, I just remembered I haven't had a period in like nine months (laughs) and I'm not pregnant. And um, then they start to investigate more and figure out Mm -hmm. that um, there's there's something going on. And usually it can be fixed Mm -hmm. once they figure out where it's coming from. Like, is it is it a problem, you know, from um, your genetic predisposition or your predispositions for like your diabetes or is it from your brain is it is it your ovaries that's not doing the job okay. they got to figure out where it is first and then figure out how they can fix it
0: okay and on that same note Ness from instagram says are there any foods or diets that reduce the risk for it for
1: pcos um low sugar low fat um none of the fun stuff none of the fun stuff right? <laughs> the same thing people tell you all the time. Um, There's nothing that would really make you have PCOS that you eat. It's just like I said, if you are thick or if you end up having diabetes, Mm -hmm. they're going to tell you to to decrease your sugar anyway, right? So decreasing your sugar intake, decreasing your carb intake, which is what we try to do every single day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is the same thing.
0: Yeah. Who decided carbs were bad? I don't understand. Why
1: introduce me to them if they're bad? God.
0: Ugh. (laughs) Be gentle from Instagram says are there ways to ensure an orgasm during sex? Um, this takes
1: investigation on your own end mm-hmm. First, you um, have to figure out how you orgasm by yourself in order mm-hmm. to make sure you have an orgasm with somebody else mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't take that step they're like I you know I have I want to have an orgasm with my sexual partner and I'm just not getting I'm just not getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's because you don't know your own self. Like, um, you have to figure out what works, right? And um, sometimes you have to introduce toys. Like, sometimes you'll be like, um, I only have an orgasm if I'm being penetrated and have, like, a vibrator at the same Mm -hmm. time. There's a toy for that right? to ensure your orgasm. Or maybe you only get a clitoral orgasm, Mm -hmm. and that's okay, too. Then they just have to do the work before, you know, all the other stuff all the other stuff <laughs> um so it's really about taking the time to explore yourself first like you have to explore your own body in order for you to figure out what works um and you don't have to get a toy you can use your own fingers you mm-hmm. can figure it out um it could be different positions like mm-hmm. some women only orgasm in certain positions right um and it's also about the willingness of your partner your partner you have to be open and honest with your partner like listen I'm not having orgasms every right. time we have sex. We need to figure, or not we need to figure it out, but. Just
0: wanted to let you know that. <laughs> right. So hopefully you can adjust.
1: Right. Like we, <laughs> I want to do some different stuff. Are yeah. you cool with that? And if they're like, yeah, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. I never knew. It kind of brings them to a different point where they're not so focused on their own orgasm. Right. Where they want you
0: to orgasm too. Mm-hmm.
1: So I say all of that. Yeah. Good
0: advice. Last listener question. And I have like two more things to yeah. Um, Angelica Dudek, I hope I said your last name right, from Instagram says, do you have any tips for pelvic health um, or Kegels?
1: You can do Kegels while you're in your car, while you're in your wherever. <laughs> um, Kegels, like, literally, I have to do a st- – every time somebody says Kegel, I'm like, oh, I have to do a Kegel. Mm-hmm. Um, those um, Yoni balls, yeah, um, those work okay. well. If you're having problems with Kegels, um, if you've had a child and you want more like help, they have pelvic floor therapy mm-hmm. that I highly recommend. Okay. Um, but really just doing Kegels, like when you think about a Kegel, do a Kegel <laughs> like, and try when you're having sex to do a Kegel. Like that really will tell you how weak or strong your Kegels are. Like if you're doing them and your partner's like, I can't feel nothing mm-hmm. and you're like, Dang, I, really need to, I thought I was. I thought I had it. Enough. Like <laughs> right, like dang, I thought I was there. Um, that will help you kind of determine. And then, um, when I go to the sex store, I'm always like on a mission. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want, I want the most knowledgeable person to tell me how or where the stuff is that I need. So, like, mm-hmm. they sell the weighted balls at the sex store. You can just pop up there. They give you a little pack. You can start with the mm-hmm. smallest weighted ball and keep that in for as long as you can all day, and okay. that will help strengthen your your pelvic floor too. Okay thanks y'all for those
0: listener questions um okay so right now you're studying to get your master's in nursing with the nurse midwife specialty so what are your plans post-graduation and what would you say your dream job would be in your industry um
1: post-graduation I'm hoping to get a job girl um (laughs) (laughs) very real um I really want to work in Detroit because Mm -hmm. that's community that I want to change I want I want to uplift our women our teenagers our um menopausal women you are not Mm -hmm. exempt yeah um so I really am hoping to to get a job um in Detroit Mm -hmm. after graduation my dream is to have um there is already a black birthing center in Detroit it's Mm -hmm. called birth Detroit but I want to um my dream is to have one myself Okay. and to have not only black midwives in there and midwives of color, but to also have other black um, health providers in there. So like a women's health nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. um, women who can give like the vaginal rejuvenations mm-hmm. and like a, just an all around like clinic. Like that is my dream to have like black Doctors, midwives, other providers come together in the midst of everything and in our community and just really provide every like a one stop shop. Like yeah. women can come and get everything done. Mm-hmm. Um, breastfeeding support, like all of that in one location so that it's like a um, a place where women feel safe yeah. to come. That's like my dream is to have a safe space for women to come and
0: get everything done. I see it. <laughs> I see the vision. Um, Second to last question is what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? So if you need help, um, just some things that other people have said. is just like how you are navigating through the city like in your space, like whether that's in your industry. Some people say like it means that I am working hard, achieving my dreams. Um, It just means that I am – you know, uplifting other women in the city. So what would you say it means for you? Um, for me,
1: it is listening, mm-hmm. um, listening to the women around me and using what they say, And not so, not so much inserting myself, but just listening to the women around me and listening to their, their needs that they may not outright say mm-hmm. and taking that and being like, I know how to help that. Or I can give you a little something for that Mm -hmm. and not just directing it towards them, because I find that as women in general, we're very scared to receive something from other women sometimes. And so for me, I like to listen um, to what women say or listen to to the things that they tell me and be like, okay, I got you. Yeah, I can do that. So. Being a damsel in Detroit for me is just listening to the women around me, figuring out what they like, what they are in need of, and um and figuring out how I can help them with that mm-hmm. and of course, you know, working hard and all that yeah um, but but listening is my biggest
0: thing. great answer. And lastly, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? So for those that maybe um, may have been too shy to send in some questions to me, where can they go to ask you? Um,
1: so on my website, there is um, so it's yourladybiz.com. Mm-hmm. You can go there's an Ask Ness set, um, section in there and it will send me questions and um you can put John Bob in (laughs) (laughs) what the name is and ask me the question and I can answer your question um, on like my Instagram story or I can email you back specifically Um, anything that anybody asks me is always anonymous I don't think I've ever posted anything anyone has asked me because um, it hasn't been like a a platform but if people are like coming to me asking me questions I want you to know that it is always confidential I'm never like talking about it with friends even mm-hmm. if I know you I'm never um and that's just the HIPAA in me right. I'm always I was thinking about, about <laughs> people um you're that's um I am a safe Space, Yeah. And I want women to know that I am a safe space because it is hard for women to be like, I really don't, I really want to ask her this question, but right. I don't want her to tell all her, or I know her friends such and such, yeah. and I don't want her to say like, I am a safe space and I want you guys to know that. So you can ask me, you can DM me on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Twitter, on my website. If you see me in person, you can stop me and be like, Hey girl, <laughs> you got five seconds. So I'll be like, yeah, for sure. Um Ask. Yeah. Um You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. It's also your lady biz. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah,
0: thank you. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. This was great. I had a great time. Yay. I'm glad. I hope that um, I did a good job, guys, because I was a little nervous driving here because I was like, it's been so long. I hope I still know how to do this. Great. Thanks, girl. Um well as always I want you guys to remember that Detroit girls do it better and we'll be back hopefully next week if the person I DM'd responds to me. So. <laughs> That's a hit. Respond to her. Right. Respond to me. No. <laughs> See y'all later.